Good morning. It's good to see everybody this morning. So uh, we are tying a, a bow on this Modern Family series. We actually uh, had a whole bunch of uh, kids that we dedicated at the 930 service. It was, uh, it was quite a time. That's what all that cake and stuff was out there tempting you on your way in. Um, so we were, we were having a little celebration. And um, it was kind of cool because um, what those parents were hoping to do was, you know, it was just a, a chance for us to pray for, for uh, those kids. And, and basically it was, a, it was a way for them to say, we're trying to pass along the gift of our faith to our kids. And um, anyway, the, the message today is titled Pass It On. And, um, you know, the last four weeks, we have really been kind of focusing on what we can do in the, as individuals, uh, what we can do to, um, you know, strengthen our relationship with God and to kind of build up our faith. What are those different things? You see, uh, you see where we've been, imagining the end, widening our circles, creating a rhythm and, uh, and putting the relationship ahead of the rules. And uh, today we're going to talk about passing it on. And uh, specifically what I mean by that is, is having a positive spiritual impact on those around us. So we're going to talk about a topic that um, can be pretty tough. We're going to talk about how do we share our faith. And you might be here going, man, of all the Sundays for me to come, um, sharing my faith, ugh, like that's just not something that I'm really interested in doing. It's not something I'm comfortable with. It's not something that I've really ever done before. And, um, and so you might be thinking, man, I wish there was an easy way I could just kind of slip out right now because I'm not going to be sharing my faith. It doesn't really matter what the sermon has to say about that. But um, here's what I want you, if, if you're feeling that way right now, you're like, sharing my faith, come on. Uh, I just want to say this to you. If you would just kind of keep an open mind and just hang with me for a few minutes because I just got to let you know that it's a topic that I also, I struggle mightily with. Uh, so you might be like, whatever, dude, you're the pastor. Like you're standing up here giving the, you're talking about faith every week. But the difference is, is that you guys actually willingly came here. Okay. No one like, I mean, well, maybe not all of you did. Some of you maybe got dragged here, but um, for the most part, my assumption is you're here because you want to be here and it's okay. I have permission to speak to you about matters of faith. When I'm talking to my next door neighbor, that's a whole different type of deal, right? Um, because, you know, they say that the expression goes, there's two things that you don't bring up at parties and work. And what are those things? Yeah, you don't bring up politics and you don't bring up religion. Those are the taboos of our day. And so how the heck do we approach these things? Um, there may be some of you who are like, listen, my friends don't even know that I'm here right now. <laughs> like, I'm so undercover, you have no idea. Uh, I don't even tell people that I'm here. There's no way I'm going to be having a conversation about faith. Okay, just... just just, just bear with me, okay? Um, because what I want to talk about first is it seems like the prevailing thing that we hear is we, we shouldn't talk about religion and politics. We shouldn't share our faith. What does the Bible say about that? What did Jesus say about that? Well, let's look at a couple of verses. Um, should we even be having these conversations? Because many times they can be offensive or whatever. People get all uptight. So should we even do that? Uh, the first one is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Um, this is Jesus speaking to his followers, and he says to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. 
And then in Acts 1.8, and now the book of Acts is, is now Jesus uh, has been crucified and he has risen and he is appearing to his followers. And uh, so Jesus, the risen Jesus Christ, uh, appears and he's saying to his followers, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, I want you to notice that word witnesses. I want you to, to circle that or underline it because that's a, that's a really interesting word and it's very relevant to what we're going to be talking about in how we actually do this, okay? Because what does a witness who's in a courtroom, what does a witness do? What do they do? They testify. A witness testifies to what God, or not, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. They don't testify to what God's done. They testify to what they have seen or what they've experienced, right? And so uh, I want you just to kind of lock that in the back of your mind. We're going to come and revisit that a little bit later. But, but that's what um, Jesus is saying. You're my witnesses. You're called to testify to what you have experienced and what you have seen. So it seems pretty clear from the Bible, from what Jesus is saying, that uh, we are supposed to. But how in the world do we do this thing? I mean, oh, this is so difficult and so awkward and so uncomfortable. So what does the how-to look like um, from, from the Bible's perspective? That's what we're going to talk about. But first, let's, let's pray and ask God to help us. Uh, God, we are here, God, and, and, you know, all of us here are different places in our journey. Uh, many of us feel like this is a mighty struggle and a challenge to uh, share our faith, even in those times when we feel like someone could really uh, just use a little encouragement or could really just use, uh, you know, your help in, in their life. But we struggle to do that, myself included. And so uh, I just pray, God, that you'd help to show us what is an effective way we could, we could do that. And um, especially for those who are here who are just like, no way, no how, there's no way I'm ever doing this. Uh, help them just to keep their minds open uh, for these next few minutes to, um, just, to, just to listen and uh, help us all in Christ's name. Amen. All right. So we've been in the book of Deuteronomy for the last four weeks. We're going to, um, this will be our last time looking at Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 20 and 21. And in these two verses... There's three things, and they're right there, that really give you this great, uh, effective way to share your faith. And uh, that's what we're going to look at today. So let me give you a little background, though, first. So here's the deal. So Moses is giving his farewell speech to the Jewish people. They are about to cross into the Promised Land. Moses will not be joining them there. uh, And so he's kind of passing along all these things that God has revealed to him and um, it's important that you know that the Jewish people at this point, they have the Ten Commandments, okay? So they have the laws and the instructions, and, and they, they, you know, they have this stuff. Um, and they've been instructed to, number one thing, we talked about it last week, is more important than all the rules is what? You guys remember? I know when John's preaching, sometimes you can do a little <laughs> head nod. Just kidding. Um, the relationship. The relationship is more important than the rules. And so the first the first rule, so to speak, is love the Lord your God with, with all your heart. And, uh, and so, they, but they've been told this, and they've been told, you know, you're supposed to pass this down to your children, and uh, you're supposed to do all these things, okay? So, that's where we're going to pick it up in verse 20 and 21. So, you're doing all this stuff, and then it says, in the future, when your son then asks you, well, what is the meaning of all the stipulations and the decrees and the, lo- the laws that the Lord our God has commanded you to do? Like, why in the world are you doing this stuff? Then you're supposed to respond 
We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt. But the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. So, three things that we see here. The first one is found in verse 20, okay? And that is when, when you're trying to share your faith with somebody else, the very first thing that we see here is who's initiating this conversation? Who's initiating? Go ahead, call it out. It's the son, right? It's the, it's, it's the person who's kind of on the outside looking in, so to speak, okay? They're the one that is initiating the conversation. And why are they initiating the conversation? Because they're curious. They see something, right? They see something in you, or they see something that you're doing, and they're like, whoa, what's that about? I'm curious. I'm interested. And they initiate the conversation. Are you following what I'm saying here? Has anybody ever had a run-in with someone, that, like a random person, and they're just like, Man, they're just like, do you know Jesus? Or, you know, like you're coming out the metro or, you know, like, and, and someone just like is accosting you right there. You, you know what I'm saying? Have you ever had those kind of experiences? Okay. Now, listen, I'm not a fan of those. And, and I'm, I'm really not a fan of that kind of method for sharing your faith. But I do have to acknowledge, I, I, I know people who that's how they've come to faith. So, I mean, God can use, God uses it all. Okay. Um, the, the model that we see in the Bible for, you know, passing along our faith and having these conversations, it seems to actually go much more of a direction that we see here where the person who's kind of like outside of the faith, so to speak, is asking the question and they're initiating the conversation. It's not just in Deuteronomy. We see it elsewhere in the Bible. Most prominently, we see it in the book of Acts, okay? The book of Acts, story of the the first church, right? The early church. So Jesus has been crucified. He's been resurrected. And now all these followers of Jesus are like all whipped up in a frenzy And here's the deal. They're not just going out. At least that's not the way it's recorded in the scripture, okay? In the book of Acts. They're not just going out and just randomly coming up to people and asking them if they know Jesus. What's happening is they, there's all sorts of unbelievable God stuff that's happening, okay? And so so by the power of the Holy Spirit, like the places where they're meeting is like being shaken by the Spirit. And there's these unbelievable miracles that are happening. And so what happens as a result of that? What happens is that, people are noticing that and they're going, what the heck is going on? How did this person get healed? Why was this, why are you guys all like, what's going on? What's happening? And time after time, they're asking this question. And that is when those early Christians are standing up and saying, well, since you asked, let me tell you, you know, this guy, Jesus, who was crucified, like we saw him, he came back, like he was raised from the dead. He was really God. And so what you see time and time again, you think about um, the early church, they were so, it says in Acts chapter 2, they were so like touched by what, um, you know, Jesus had taught and, and what had happened in their lives that they were so radically devoted to just making sure that, that no one was in need, right? They shared everything and, and there was nobody who had need. They were just so radically generous that people, were, you know, they could see that there was a difference in these people and they were coming up and they were initiating the conversation. So here is the first fill in the blank. Don't show it yet. But the first fill in the blank, did he already show it? Okay, good. Jack, sometimes it's pretty quick. Okay. Um, so you guys have heard that expression. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to talk the talk, you better what? You better walk the walk. Okay. Well, to try and help you remember this, uh, the, the fill in I have for you is look, you walk the walk and let them talk the talk. Okay. And what I mean by that is if you just focus on what you need to do, okay, what God is telling you to, you just live out your faith in an authentic way 
you then let someone else start a conversation with you. Okay, that's really what we see in the Bible is people who are coming because there's something that they see and they're curious about it. And then the beautiful thing about that is that then, you know, they're the ones that are initiated. You didn't just randomly come up and start a, a conversation, but they're the ones who are actually wanting to know. And it gives you a great platform to be able to start a conversation about God. All right. So that's the first one. So you walk the walk and then and then when you're doing that and they see it, then let them start the conversation. Now, the, the, the next two things really go together. They're from verse 21 there. So when, when you get asked, right, this, this is what uh, Moses is, is saying here. When, you're, when your children ask you, then here's what you tell them, and it's a two-part response, okay? So you tell them, well, here's the deal. We were slaves in Egypt, and then God delivered us, like, in this unbelievable way, okay? So the first thing that you see there is that they're sharing something that was going on with them, that they couldn't do on their own. I mean, they, they were being massively oppressed by one of the greatest and most powerful uh, civilizations of their times, slaves to the Egyptians, okay? Like, there was, n- there was no way this was happening on our own. We were totally, you know, this was just, this was our major challenge. This was our major struggle. So that's the first part. But then the second part was, but here's what God did to deliver us. So, you know, hey, you know, you want to know why we do this stuff? Here's why. Because, you see, we were, we were slaves in Egypt, and then God sent, like, all these plagues on our oppressors, and it was unbelievable. And then we were set free, and then they decided they were coming after us. And then there was this unbelievable miracle, the parting of the Red Sea, and it was just awesome, okay? So that's what they're doing. They're testifying to their children, you know, here, here is our big challenge, here is our big struggle, and then here's what God did. So I want you to fill this in, because it's the exact same type of a scenario for us when we are thinking about sharing our faith. The first thing that we do is we share our struggle. We share our struggle. Can we go to that next one? There you go. And then we share what God has done. So let me just try and see if I can play this out for you a little bit, okay? So um, I know some of you, you're here and no one knows you're here, so it might not go exactly like this for you. But let's just say that you're, you have a friend and they want to get together for the weekend or something and, and you're trying to plan a brunch. And you say, well, that's cool. Uh, I'll be at church until about noon and then I'm totally free. If we can go to brunch. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you said you're going, you're going to, you go to church? For real? Like, yeah, I, I go to church. Why? You, I mean, some people legitimately have no clue why people go to church. They just think that's what, you know, you just, well, that's just because that's your habit or whatever. Well, why do you go to church? What, what for? And you might say something like, well, it actually really helps me. It's, it's, it's really helpful. Like, it's, it's good stuff. It, like, helps me in my life. And I'm like, what? It, it helps you? Like, church? It helps you? Now, at, at this point, if that person is curious and they say, how does it help you? Okay, now, you, you now have someone who's inquiring and is, is wondering. They're asking, okay? So, so far... This, I don't know, I, I could see this conversation playing out, okay? And they say, well, how, how is it helpful to you? And this is the moment, okay? There's many different examples of ways this could go, but this is the moment where if you can think about these two things, okay? Sharing a struggle, sharing what God has done. If you can think about that in that moment where someone says, well, how is it helpful for you? Then let me just show you how this works. So you could say, well, you know, I'm a pretty high-stress person, kind of type A, you know, and I can get pretty worked up about stuff. And, uh, 
So, you know, sometimes I just, I just have a hard time, you know, job's been crazy lately and it's just a lot of stuff going on. And so I just tend to get pretty worked up and, and lose perspective sometimes. There's your struggle, okay? It doesn't have to be like some deep, dark, big, big, huge skeleton in the closet. I'm not talking, it doesn't have to be that. You freak some people out if you go there right away, okay? So don't do that. Um, but it's just something simple. I, I just trust, you know, it's just kind of, yeah, like lose, lose sight of what's important. And you know what? So you share the little struggle and then you say, but you know what? Um, when I go to church, man, like, uh, you know, I come and it helps me to kind of focus in. I can pray and, um, you know, and, and we have this time that the music is actually really cool, you know, and then, um, and then the, the sermon, like, it just is, like, really relevant to my life, and it's, 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 it's really cool, I mean, especially when, when Derek is the one speaking, I mean, it's, it's really right on, right on point, um, and, and you just say, you know, so when I, when I leave after that hour in church, I actually feel, you know, just kind of more of a sense of just calm and you know, grounding in something, and I just, like, kind of have better perspective on what's really important. Boom. Okay? Whether you realize it or not, whether they decide, I mean, they're not going to go, oh, can I come? That sounds good. I mean, they might. But you've just sown a seed. You've sown a seed in someone's life where they realize, they've just realized the value add of church. Okay, I used to be in consulting, and it was all about what's your value add? You know, like, are you actually adding value? Most people don't, if they don't come to church, it's because they see no value in church, okay? If they don't have a relationship with God, they see no value in a relationship with God. And by sharing your struggle and sharing what God has done to help you in that struggle, to help you deal with it or manage it, overcome it, whatever, you are just, wow, okay, that sounds like it has value for you. That's pretty cool. So I want you to be thinking about what could you, what is it for you um, that is helpful for you about your faith? what is it about a relationship with God that actually helps you? Is there something in your life that you, you, you know, you struggle with as a challenge for you that, that your faith or, or, you know, reading the Bible, what Jesus taught, you know, what, what, whatever it is that it actually like is helpful for you in, in dealing with that, that thing. I want you to really think about that. I give you an example for me. If you've been coming to grace for a while, you know that, um, I really struggle with, um, garbage night at my house. Um, I don't like garbage night. Um, it's Tuesday night in my house, and I always hate it. And um, it's a struggle for me. That, unloading the dishwasher, another thing. I just don't like it. I don't know why. It's not a big deal, really, but I don't like it. And here's the thing. I can get a bad attitude about it. I just can. And then I get passive-aggressive. Anyone else do passive-aggressive stuff? Yeah, right? Um, so here's my thing. It's not, it's not the biggest deal in the world, okay? I'm just sharing something that's... But, but here's the reality. It can be like a little friction thing. My wife is like, suck it up and take out the garbage. You know, like, what is the big deal? Here's my deal. When I take that out, I want to be appreciated. Like, I don't know what it is because it's, it's not logical, but like, I want my wife to stand up and, honey, awesome. Thank you so much. That was disgusting and it was so sacrificed for you and I know you hate it. Thank you. And I wanted to run over and just, 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 you know, just make me feel so great. Just, oh, you so appreciated. Okay. She's not doing that, right? That's ridiculous. So what I've realized, okay, is that what God teaches us is that when we do these things, when I, when I do that for, for my wife, okay, because that's one of the things she wants me to do, um, and I forget that she's had 15,000 other household chores and I just have like two, but anyway, um, 
when, when I do that, I'm not actually doing it for her, and I'm not doing it for her praise or her recognition. I'm actually doing it for God. That's ultimately why I do it. And um, when I realize that, it totally changes my attitude. Not all the time. I still struggle with this, okay? But you see what I'm saying? It's a little struggle, and, and when I can get that right and my attitude's better, it just makes things go better at our marriage. We don't have trivial arguments as much about that issue, okay? So it's, it, it's really good. So there you go. That's a little value add for me of what kind of what I understand God's saying to me and how that helps me in my life. So it can be something like that, or it could be something deeper. It could be something much more significant. Um, I'll share with you, with you one more um, where it's really my relationship with God and my faith has, has been tremendous in this. It's... Um, my parents uh, separated, eventually got divorced, but they separated uh, about 10 years ago or, or so. And um, it, was, it was a really difficult time for me. I was just finishing up college. And um, basically, you know, some decisions that my, my dad made, I, I just totally disagreed with. And I was extremely upset. And I just decided, you know what? Forget it. And I just, like, cut him off. And I didn't talk to my dad for over a year. And, uh, and I just was very angry and uh, felt like this was a good way for me to exact some justice in the situation. And so uh, I just didn't talk to him. I just totally cut him off. And I was really in a searching phase of my life. I was starting to come back to church and really wrestling with stuff and who God was. I wasn't sure what I believed and blah, 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 blah. Um, but you know, you know, some, do you ever get this? Like when there's an issue or something and you're kind of determined to go a certain direction, like your way, like, do you ever get that time where, like, then every message, like, every conversation, like, you show up to church and the sermon is about that topic, and then you, like, randomly are, like, flipping around in a book, and, like, boom, it's on the topic, and then you're just like, okay, you know, God's like, hello. So for me, it was this deal with forgiveness. And um, I mean, it was literally, like, right leading up to when, when my dad was going to be coming into the country to, to, for a work-related thing in my city, where I wasn't planning to meet him, uh, like, all the mess, everything I was hearing was forgiveness. Uh, from all sides, and then what capped it off was the night, the night before he was coming in, I had one of those little, like, devotional, like, little Our Daily Bread or something, like, have you seen those little books? They're, like, a daily thing. You can pick them up in, not our church, but other places. Um, anyway, the whole, this, this, the whole thing was about forgiveness that, that night. You know what I'm saying? And it was just, like, the, it was the, the final tipping point for me, and I, and I was, like, fine. I didn't want to do it, Okay. This was a huge struggle for me. I didn't want to forgive him, okay? But what I realized was that I needed to forgive him. And that what God was saying was, that's part of what you need to do. I mean, if you've ever read that parable of the unmerciful servant, holy cow, that's a, that's a gripping parable about forgiveness. And so I just, I just did it. But the thing was, it wasn't, it wasn't by the power in me that I did that, okay? And that's just truly what I believe. And so that was my struggle, was forgiving my father, and it was truly, for me, God who helped me to forgive him. And my life has been so much better uh, as a result. And our relationship, you know, while never the same as it once was, is much better today than it, than it was uh, before. And so, um, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. What, what is it for you? Um, what is it truly? Why, why do you come here? Why are you here right now? There's obviously some value to it, or if it's not, why the heck are you here? I mean, so I, I want you to be thinking about that. Why does your faith matter? What is it you struggle with on your own? What's a challenge for you? What's difficult that you just feel like with God's help, with your faith, whatever, that you're just able to deal with better, to overcome, what have you. Um, 
2 Corinthians 12, 9. It says, God says to us, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. That's an awesome, awesome reminder of the fact that when we share a struggle, when we share an area that's weak, and I know that's not easy, okay? That's not an easy thing to do. And I really encourage you to think about, you know, what it is that you're, you're sharing, okay? But particularly with someone who knows you well, okay, when you put that out there and you share a struggle or a weakness, it's just, it's further evidence of how awesome God is. And God's, God's able to demonstrate, you know, it's, it's the demonstration of God's power in that because that's an area of struggle for you. Revelation 12, 11. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys um, have read Revelation or, you know, whatever. That is like a crazy book of the Bible. It's the last one. It's like this prophetic book of like what's going to happen. And, and I mean, I don't get it. I, I, really, I really don't get Revelation. Um, but, uh, but there's this verse in there in chapter 12, verse 11, um, that is, is, is powerful. It, it says, they triumphed over him. Now, they is the believers in Christ. And him is the devil, okay? So it says that, that they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb, and that would be Jesus Christ. So by the blood of Jesus shed on the cross for our sins. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb, and then check this out, and by the word of their testimony. By the word of their testimony. So, you know, I don't fully understand Revelation by any mean, but like, you know, it's one of those books that we believe is God-inspired, okay? And, um... Right there, it says that there is something amazingly powerful about our testimony that's worth sharing. And I'll tell you what, this is so incredibly relevant to us in the world we live in today. Because think about it, okay? This is not the world of 50 years ago, okay? Where pretty much it was kind of black and white. You know, it was like there's kind of this objective truth. There's a right and a wrong, and it's just pretty plain and simple. You know what I'm saying? It's just a question of kind of, proving certain things to be true okay today you guys know this it's not like this at all right we live in a postmodern world where it's all different shades of gray and it's like look it's totally cool if you want to believe that and i'm going to believe what i'm going to believe and, and that that's that's fine so so you trying to stand up to you know and, and say to somebody well i let me prove to you how this is you know the word of god i mean you might get somewhere with like one out of a hundred people but like it's a total disconnect they're just gonna be like well i don't believe that so whatever. Um, So the way that in this world today, the way, what what really speaks in a powerful way is not trying to like prove something to somebody else about faith, okay, or about Jesus or, or whatever. It's simply testifying to what God has done in your life, okay? That is such a powerful thing because here's the thing, they can't argue with it, right? They can't argue with it. This was my deal. This was my struggle. It was, it's, it's, do, it's doing some of this stuff at home and resenting, you know, having to do it and having a bad attitude with my wife. Or it's not being able to forgive my dad and, and having all this bitterness inside of myself. And then sharing what God has done to help me through that. People can't argue with that, okay? They might be like, well, you're delusional. That wasn't really God or whatever. They can say whatever they want. But the reality is, that is a demonstration of what God is doing in your life. And, and that's something that, that, they're, that, that speaks. That speaks, and you need to know that. Okay? Powerful, powerful stuff. Now, I just want to say a quick word to the parents in the room. Um, because what we've been talking about today is, is totally relevant for you as parents. Okay? This whole idea 
of walking the walk, sharing your struggle, and sharing what God has done. Totally applicable in passing this down to your children, okay? Here, here's, here's the deal. Um, you might think that it's your role as a parent, and I sometimes do, uh, of thinking that, like, I need to always be the rock. You know, like, I always need to be the one that's, like, unmovable. I need to be the stable force. They need to be able to know that they can always count on me for anything that they need, you know, whatever. And I'm not, I don't want them to feel all like, oh my gosh, dad's losing it. Like, you know, they can't have that, right? But here's the deal. If you never invite them in to see your struggles and to see how God helps you in in those struggles, they're not going to see how to deal with their own struggles. As they, as they, they're just not going to, they're not going to know because they're, well, mom and dad don't struggle. (laughs) You know, grandma doesn't struggle. I mean, oh, you know, Aunt Joe, Aunt Joe, Aunt Joan, she doesn't struggle. Like, how, how, how do we do this? They don't see how faith can help them in their struggle. Are you seeing where I'm going with this? So obviously, I can't tell my little tiny little children the, all the ins and outs of my, my parents' marriage coming unglued and, and everything that went down with that. I, I can't, okay? But I can maybe find a way to tell them the G-rated version of that story and how I struggled. Okay, or maybe they're not old enough for me to share that one yet, but I could talk about other situations and scenarios and put it in. So you have to use discernment. You have to, be, you have to be smart. You have to think about it. But the reality is they need to see how God is at work helping you when you in the struggles of life to get through the grind of work or, or bad relationships or patience or so you don't pull out a gun and kill someone on Beltway. You know what I'm saying? Because you're stuck in traffic. Um, so you've got to invite them in. Find a way to share your struggle in in an age-appropriate way and then share how God helps you. And that will help them so much in their life, you guys. So much. All right. So just last last point for you guys. It's from 1 Peter 3.15. I think it's a verse, uh, if you've heard it before, it might have been, been, um, I don't know, you might have had some bad experiences with it, but I want to share this with you and try and help you to see it fresh. It's 1 Peter 3.15. Which says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. And you might have heard this if you've grown up in church or whatever um, type of church you're in. And that might have been the verse that was used to be like, so you better know how to bring somebody to Christ. And you better know the scriptures. And you better be ready to tell them what they need to know about Christianity and the faith and praying that prayer and, you know, receiving salvation. And it's just, it's overwhelming. Okay? Well, I want us to look at it. It's like, I don't know that that's really what that verse is saying. To me, what that verse is saying is you, you have to be prepared to give an answer okay, to, to someone who approaches you and asks you what? And asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Okay? To me, it's not about a whole bunch of Bible verses and trying to memorize you know, what is exactly about Christianity and how do I bring this person you know, to faith. It's just saying, here's why I have hope. Here's why this is relevant to me. This is why I come to church. This is why I pray. Because in this area of my life, I struggle. This is something that's a challenge for me. This is a dilemma for me. And you know what? It, God helps me through that. Coming to church helps me. Reading my Bible helps me. Praying helps me. And that's, that's why I have hope. That's why I come. That's why I believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior. That's why I believe in God. And so that's what I want you to spend some time thinking about. And if you do those questions and scriptures for further study that's in your thing, and you talk about those in your groups, I want to make sure that you, you, you spend some time thinking about, yeah, what would I say? What would I say? You know, what, 
what would I say is my struggle that, you know, that, that God helps me with? What, is, what are those challenges? What is the value add of my faith? What is the value add of our relationship with God? If you can just get that in your mind and you can think about how to articulate that, you, you would be surprised because then it's not this awkward, so do you go to church? I mean, it's not this weird, you know, like the, the conversation can be initiated in a totally different way. You know, for me, with this whole thing with forgiveness and my dad, you know, that now can come up in a conversation with, you know, a friend or a neighbor who is talking about extended family issues and, or, or they, they're on the subject of they're really angry about something. And, they're ang- you know, and if that can work in, in just a really nice, easy, seamless way, I can just talk about what that's looked like for me and how it's been such a blessing that I've been able to, to, to forgive my father. You know what I'm saying? So get in touch with it. Okay, it's not about necessarily, you know, converting somebody or whatever. Okay, just think of it as you're sowing seeds. You're, you're trying to just positively contribute to somebody's spiritual growth, you know, just to tr- help them along the journey. All right, I think I have talked enough, so let's pray. Uh, God, we, uh, we thank you for this time together. And um, Lord, this is just such a tough, tough uh, subject, sharing our faith and um, it's, it's, it's really, uh, it can be a really awkward and difficult thing, and I know it's a struggle for me. Um, and so I just pray, God, that you'd help all of us because, God, there are people that we think about uh, sometimes when we're sitting here uh, that we think, wow, I wish, I wish someone, I wish my friend or my mom or, or, or you know, my sister or whatever, I wish, I wish some, you know, this person that comes into our minds, we wish that they could hear something or be a part of this or could benefit from something that we learned from you. And so I just pray, God, that you would give us tremendous wisdom and help us to be aware of why it is we come here, why it is we gather to spend time with you um, and help us to just find really cool ways to be able to share that and influence others in in a great way. We thank you. In Christ's name, amen.